This portion of the program is brought to you by Parker & Sons Plumbing & Electrical, the two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. Midterm Mayhem. Midterm Mayhem. I think absolute mayhem, mayhem will take place in the Valley next week as we go to vote on Tuesday. Yeah, you think? 4.05 every day we bring you the madness, the mayhem, the mayhem. That is the 2022 midterm election. Oh, yeah. All right. So we've seen poll numbers. Uh, Maris poll, Hobbs plus one. There was uh, a Fox 10 poll that was out today. Lake plus three. Uh, Who knows? I don't. But I'm going to pose a very interesting question for you. Katie Hobbs is the Secretary of State. Um, We know that earlier this week, uh, the Lake campaign hired one of the lawyers who represented Trump. In the 2020 election lawsuits. You know the ones that he lost, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's the latest sign that there's no question that Lake is gearing up for a legal battle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in today's world, you have to lawyer up and be ready for something. That's just the reality of it. But this has become a point where uh, this is all some of these people do now. So here's the question. Does Hobbes... Being the Secretary of State, the one who really runs the elections, should she recuse herself? You know, you and I have talked a bit about this before, where I've said, you know, it's uh, you'd almost like to see somebody who is appointed to a position that is nonpartisan, make it completely where they don't have to run for something and they serve a term of maybe, you know, four years or six years, whatever it is. And that way there isn't the... You're overlooking, grading your own paper kind of feel. If I'm Hobbs, I recuse myself. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because if if I'm Hobbs and I end up winning, Lake is going to say that I cheated. Yeah. She's going to say, hey, the person that was in charge of the elections beat me. And I think it was totally rigged. If Katie Hobbs takes herself out of it, because she is a candidate, remember. I mean, that's the big thing. She's secretary of state. She's also a candidate in one of these elections. And nowadays, nobody trusts each other. Yeah. So Except for I, apparently Fontes and, uh, was it Richard? Right? Because well, they went, they, 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 they were against each out. other. Yeah. Uh, and Fontes lost. Yep. And he gracefully said, all right, I lost. Yeah. And he actually says now that uh, Richard's doing a good job. Yeah. Who's on the other side of the aisle. So I know that's crazy, people out oh, there. The human beings can get along like that. <laughs> uh, hey, remember our, uh, our good friend, uh, Ben Kennett? Oh, Ben Kennett, yeah. the Ken, famous Ben Kennett. Yes, uh, Ken Bennett. Remember, he was uh, he was like uh, the go-between when the ninjas were here. He spoke. He spoke regular folk and yeah. the conspiracy. Exactly. Uh, he says she should. Uh, talking about Hobbs, she should recuse herself from the official acts that she would normally perform as secretary and let a deputy secretary or someone else uh, take care uh, of the ballots. As, uh, as I like to call him, uh, Ben Kennett. Uh, listen, I, I don't know what the right answer is, and I don't really care what Ken Bennett says, but if I am Hobbs, I think I bail. Yeah, the optics of it is... 
Because people aren't, uh, it's such an easy thing for Carrie Lake to come out and lie and say, here we go. That was, I was, I was winning in a poll. I was up by two points and now I lost and it has to be Katie Hobbs because she's the one that's sitting there counting the votes, which by the way, she really isn't. She oversees the election process. But I just think it's kind of, uh, it's almost like, you know, what is, this is what Hobbs has to think. What is, what craziness is my opponent going to throw at me? And what could I, what could I do so she can't use this against me? Oh, One a of the things is do. you bail. You recuse yourself and say, you know what? Let, we'll let someone else run the Secretary of State office that day. Even though she was elected to do that. I'm just telling you, if Carrie Lake loses, the first thing out of her mouth is going to be Katie Hobbs stole the election from me because she's secretary of state and she was counting the votes. And now I'm suing. And here's the other thing. The thing that I've been talking about is don't forget all these people that are going to be counting votes. There is they're all coming at it in a different way. They're all coming to spy and to watch. They're all going to have these things that you're going to hear out there. So I saw so-and-so stuff ballots here, throw things away, or they didn't count thing, or I said it was good, and they said it was bad. That is going to be, I think, the biggest headache of all. Okay. Isn't all the stuff we're talking about. It's the back end of the counting that I think is going to be the nightmare. All right, let me ask you something. So when we went and met with the Maricopa County recorder, Stephen Richer, we went down to the processing center where, where all the votes come in and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Now, remember when he took us from room to room? Gave and, us pens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he gave us the real the pens that we used. But he said when people are looking at ballots, there's a Republican and a Democrat. Yeah. So why would we have a problem like you like what you're saying if a Republican and a Democrat is looking and they're looking at the signature and they're trying to validate it and then they put it through? It's not. Why would we have problems? Because you're going to have people that go, I saw somebody go in a room without this. Like who are the people who's doing that? Who do you think? The people who are the same people who are watching all these ballot boxes who volunteered to go in and count in some way who are going in there. I don't think that signature matches. I don't yeah, think it then, does. But then a third party comes over and makes the decision. But then they're going to come out and say, I said it didn't match. They told me I was crazy. And now this is more proof that they, that they're not going to, uh, do it correctly. It's all about, People are going to come in with confirmation bias that it's being uh, stolen from them, and they're going to look for anything that they think to be weird. Uh, a computer breaks down. There's a perfect example of of this is going to hell in a handbasket. And that's what I think we're going to find, uh, not just here, but across the country, where you're going to have the back end of the fighting that is going to be maybe a much bigger headache than we think. I don't think that's going to be the headache. I, I disagree with you. I think the headache is going to be that the Lake campaign called on Hobbs. Remember they called on Hobbs to step down yeah. from her role? It, uh, they've been doing this since uh, the beginning of this year, you know, before either candidate won their, their primaries. So I think that's going to be one of, like, put it this way. Carrie Lake has excuses ready to go if she loses. Because remember in the primary, she said... Well, we've already detected fraud. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah, because then, then she said she was. We're, we've we've we, passed it on to the powers. No, that she be. didn't. Yeah, no, nobody she, got anything. She had evidence. No, she didn't. She didn't have any of that. She's lying. She's lying. So I I think that that Lake has a number of things that she's going to fall back on if she loses, and one of those things is going to be Hobbs was the Secretary of State, and she rigged it. So, yeah, well, and that's why when you have people in there that say they see things, they're the ones who are going to go to the media, which is going to give 
Who? Her, all the fire she needs. All right. That is midterm mayhem. Four days left. All right. Coming up right now, time for five spot. Um, why don't we stick with the election? Okay. Okay. We're going to put you on the spot about something everybody's talking about. That's the midterms. We want you to call us. Answer this question. What is the one word that defines Arizona politics? Ooh. What is the one word? I can think that, of several. I can, too, and I want to hear some of yours. What is the one word that defines Arizona politics? 602-277-KTAR. What is the one word that defines Arizona politics? Give us a good one. Five Spot is coming up next. And All right, five spot where we put you on the spot about a new story everybody's talking about, and that's the midterms. So we thought, why not uh, have five of you call and uh, tell us the one word that defines Arizona politics? Um, you know, my word is mayhem, and that's why we came up with midterm mayhem that we do every day at 405. I mean, I really believe that this is absolute mayhem. Uh, I think that's a good word. I mean, when you look at Arizona, I feel we're purple. I don't feel that we're far left. I don't feel that we're MAGA. I feel that we're we're purple. I don't know how it's all going to work out on Tuesday, though. Yeah. But my word would be mayhem. What's she, do you have a word? Or you Chaos. Wanna... Okay. All right. Chaos. Five calls. Here we go. All right. Let's do it. Uh, let's start here with Steve in Phoenix. Steve, what's your one word to describe the election? I would say uh, treacherous is my word to describe uh, the election and the politics in Arizona. Um, I think uh, the other day you guys said like lawfare is like this new word, like warfare, because now with politics and you have Mark Kelly saying, I'll work with anybody, you know, it doesn't matter which side it's on, you know, and that that could be treacherous for him just because he is a diehard Democrat. And then you have Carrie Lake, who's very treacherous with just her own politics. And I mean, for people who are Republican, and conservative, but more libertarian, they might feel like that's a little dangerous as well, too. And then Katie Hobbs, well, I mean, you don't even know what's going on with her. So that's like just trying to go into like this lawfare with just nothing. Like You don't have any know-how, no terrain experience, nothing. Yep. That's true. Great call. So a treacherous right there, a five spot, and that was a very good call. Well put. Uh, Lee in Phoenix. Lee, what's your one word to describe the election? Okay, I don't know why this came to me, but supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah, that's about right. That's good, too. <laughs> Can you we use it? It is said. We moving in. Say that again? <laughs> we have a lot of Californians moving in. Do you, yeah. do you think that, uh, that, do you think some of, of, of the Democrats are going to win some of these races? Is that why? Yeah, absolutely. Which one? Crazy. Which one, which one of the, of the uh, liberals are going to win? Well, I I believe that the liberals are going to take uh, Katie Hobbs. Okay, so Katie Hobbs wins the election. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks so very much. So there are Californians that are coming to Arizona, and yeah, yeah I mean that's going to that's you're going to be on the blue side. There's no question about it. Absolutely. I don't All know right. if that's going to push Katie Hobbs over, though. I don't yeah, know. I don't know either. Uh, Lark in Gilbert. One word to describe the election. What is it? It's messy. Oh, messy. Yeah. 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 That's absolutely a possibility think, right there. I think Messi is going to be Wednesday. Yeah. That's what I think. The yes. fallout. The exactly. fallout will be Messi. Exactly. Yeah. 
Right on. Exactly. All right, man. Thanks so much. I got to jump. Uh, Michael in Phoenix, one word to describe this election season. I'm going to use the word divisive. Okay. Why? Well, everyone seems to be uh, just scattered about. And in the beginning, they kept changing their minds and changing their websites. Mm. And, you know, now it's like, uh, who's the most popular, who isn't? And then all the polls, they're all over the world. And, you know, it's like, it's just such a division, you know. There's nobody on one side or the other, which is a good thing. But it's just divisive yeah okay right. you can hear a lot of frustration uh in our first four yeah. callers and you know we, we even did something the other day uh uh what was it to tell us how frustrated you are with with this what is it oh, burnout burnout yeah. from all the election stuff yeah i think everybody's ready to move on but we still have a few days all right last call five spot one word andrew in mesa to describe this election my one word would be laughable i mean it's just a joke in my opinion. How so? Um, just the candidates, like, are just super far left or super far right. And as someone that tries to be in the middle of the road, it's like, I don't even know who I'm going to vote for governor still. Like, whenever I think about the ele- election, I just kind of, like, laugh. Like, this is absolutely just ridiculous. It's laughable. Let me ask you one quick question, because you're kind of an independent, haven't voted for governor yet. 18% of independents haven't pulled the trigger for one or the other. Uh, governor, are, are you going to sit this one out? Uh, I don't know. It's either that or vote for uh, Katie Hobbs. One of those two options. Okay. Okay. Appreciate well, that, my man. Thanks so much. How, have we talked about that? I mean, he's like, he's the same as me. We've talked about it. You know, I wasn't going to vote for Lake because she's an election denier. But I also thought, you know, maybe I'll sit this one out because Katie Hobbs is dead. It's terrible. But I ended up, I, as soon, but the closer we got to the election, that my gut started to just feel nauseous about Lake. Yeah. And I voted for Hobbs. And do I feel good about that? No, I do not. And it's the first Democrat I've ever voted for for uh, governor. For governor. Since I've been in Arizona. Um, it's tough. It's tough. I know our last caller is feeling that. Maybe some of you are feeling it. Some people are going to pull the trigger for Lake. Some are going to pull, pull, pull it for Hobbs. And we're probably going to be here very much into the night on Tuesday. Into and then the in hours of the morning. And then in, in December when we celebrate Christmas. <laughs> and still have no idea who will be running the state within weeks. Hey, good calls, everybody. That was, uh, that was good stuff. Absolutely. Five good, na- five good words to describe politics in Arizona. Uh, very f- passionate folks. Uh, all right. Uh, Coming up next, you know, uh, we know the cartels are in the uh, drug business. Yeah. All right. Are they also in the organ harvesting business now? Goodness. Talk about it next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show, afternoons. Well, we continue to talk about the border. Uh, we're never for bor- or for open borders. Uh, Chad and I don't like the job Joe Biden has done on the border. He's completely ignored it. Uh, we know that the cartels uh, are doing just horrendous things. We talk about the fentanyl problem. Uh, it's pouring over our borders all the time. But, uh, you know, Chad, you do uh, you do your national show in the yeah. morning and you had a really interesting conversation uh, with someone who told you some things about the cartels that I've never heard before. Yeah. So I was uh, talking to Sarah Carter. Sarah Carter's got a new uh, uh, Dark Wars pod is what it's called. It's a podcast about uh, the 
insanity that goes on at the border. And it is scary because we get a very PG view of a lot of things. Right. But, you know, when I was talking to her today, she says, let me tell you what happens to a lot of these kids. And I want you guys to soak this up for a second. She goes, I... She was in El Salvador. She's been in Mexico for the last several months doing all of these things. She goes, I'm talking to, to people who are coyotes. And it's, it's, it's very interesting what's happening. The, in, as we've talked about, you know, what did Mark Lamb, Sheriff Mark Lamb said earlier, you can sell a pill once, but you can sell a, you know, a human being 20 times. <sighs> he said, babies, kids as young as two, uh, being used as organ donors. Uh, raped numerous times. The insanity of of the fact that there is zero laws. And one of the other things is they're snatching kids who are on their way here, uh, you know, from places like El Salvador, who there's nobody will ever miss them. There's no birth certificate. There is there is nothing. And they're gone. And she says, it's easy to do. They disappear. And she goes, the, the the weird thing is right now, there's a battle between the cartels in Mexico and the coyotes in Central America. Because the coyotes in Central America are having their, essentially, their stuff stolen. They're trying to get people down here. And here, you know, part of being, if you can't get me there safely, I'm not paying you five or ten grand. Can I rewind a second? Yeah. Kids that are kidnapped on yes. their way to the United States yeah. by the cartels, what, what's happening to them? Organs. They're taking their organs. So they're killing them? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're killing them. They're harvesting their organs. So they'll take both kidneys? They'll take everything. Oh, oh God. Money's big. You know? And where do these organs go? Rich I mean, people around the world right. who need them. And, you know, and it's, the cartels are doing that. Yeah. So this is different than... Sex trafficking, mm-hmm. drugs. Yes. This is organ harvesting. And she goes, the other thing that's terrifying is they're taking them, they're killing the little kids, and they're stuffing them full of drugs and sending them on their way. If you will, like like a mother, somebody pretending to cross the border with the baby, uh, their organs are full of basically inside. It is nothing but drugs. Uh, it's hard to comprehend. It is. And she goes, I said, they're no more like produce to these people. She goes, that's exactly what they are. They're produce. You are nothing more than produce. You're, no- you're a commodity that I'm moving, and I don't care anything about you. So the story we did the other day, like there were uh, some politicians in Mexico that were going to actually discuss, I don't know, Cutting a deal with the cartels, right? Yes, yes. And the cartels, what did they say? They, they want to go legit. How do you go legit when you're cutting a kidney out of a two year old? Uh, you're not going to. And 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 she goes and she goes. It, it is so bad in some of these area, areas. I have sat there and watched gunfights in in that look like movies. And the the Mexican police, the Mexican, the federalities, everybody is completely outgunned. They have no chance of stopping. They've ceded large swaths of their country to people. And on top of that, they've also moved a lot of people in, what they don't talk about, into government. Cartels have a huge, not just people that they're paying off, people they have trained specifically to get into government and to essentially entrench themselves in areas where they can control things. And then they can look the other way. And they look the other way. They can control things. They can do things. It is terrifying. But we think about, you know, we're talking earlier about slavery today. The the, the things that they're doing to the kids, though, is 
the the organ harvesting and and stuff of that nature. So think about it this way: parents, let's say in Venezuela, just picking a place that want to send their kids to the United States because things are so bad in their country, so they send them knowing they may never make it to the United States and they may die. Yeah, there's a good chance your kid isn't going to make it. It's and it makes you think: how bad is it in Venezuela? That your yeah. that your parent would do something like that that would put your but it your also shows you line. what life on so the line. many people believe in our country that they're willing to risk everything yeah life or death and you're to come here yeah and it and it and it was just it was very eye opening and and the podcast is 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 amazing and just listening to her and when I was talking to her today she just she talks about the fact that we have such a PG look at it. That you don't even, it is, it's the death of one, or it was, I think it was uh, Stalin said, death of one is a tragedy, the death of a million is a statistic. And she goes, that's all it is anymore. These people are statistics, they don't really count. She goes, when I'm there, I'm walking around at night, you know, with some of these people, there's 10, 15 dead bodies beheaded. It's a nightmare. It is. It's it just, it's not a big deal for some of these people, and they all know how it ends for themselves as well. Yeah. All right, cartels, yep, they're in the drug business, but uh, organ harvesting now. Gosh. All right, coming up next, is it okay to fire an employee over email? It happened, I don't know, 7,500 times today. Yeah, well, it happened, yeah, it's quite a lot today. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you about it next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show. Newly minted CEO Elon Musk laying off scores of employees, a number of them confirming their layoff on Twitter. What we are witnessing right now is a race to the bottom. Accountable Tech Executive Director Nicole Gill says it's clear Musk is in charge, already firing top Twitter executives and the company's entire board of directors. A class action lawsuit has been filed on behalf of workers alleging Musk has violated California law by enacting layoffs without the required notice. All right, so we know that uh, he's bought Twitter, and I've always said this about uh, social media. Yeah. Follow me, don't follow me. I don't live in that space all the time. really don't care. Um, but what I do care about is this. He did fire 7,500 uh, people today. He fired oh, half oh. Okay. of his team via email. So yeah. here's the question. Like, how do you, and a lot of people are upset. Like, oh, my gosh, you just sent an email and can you imagine, get, just think about it yourself. Can you imagine you're working from home, you're working, at, you're at the office, all of a sudden you get an email and it says, you're fired. Please pack up, do what you got to do. Um, I don't know how you fire 3,700 people without putting an email out. I don't know how you do that. You can't bring everybody and, in and, one and by, by the one, way, can you? And no, because a lot of these people were all over the world as well as all over the country. What's the difference between before email, didn't, like... Like, you know, what would they have done before? That's that's my question. Before email, you know, 20-something years ago. They would have probably, what, you a know. pink slip in your. A pink slip in your thing. In, or in your mailbox. Or one work. of those things where it, you, you bring everybody into the room in each facility. And you bring everybody in another room in each facility. Well, then, okay, then why couldn't you do that? That's feasible. Why, why do you. Because why? a vast majority of these people don't go into an office. So in this day and age, it's impossible to, it's not like let somebody down easy. It's to, hey, you know what? We, I mean, firing somebody should be uncomfortable for the person who's firing, right? I think I it guess. should. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
I mean, it shouldn't be the easiest thing in the world where you type Unless an that email. person sucks. If they suck, then you're just like, listen, yeah, you know, and, you know, and, and leave and, a box at their desk yeah. and say, you know. But it shouldn't be the easiest thing. I don't think it was easy, but he also owns a business now that he spent way too much money on. Right. That has its issues in a situation where they're trying to figure out new ways to do things. There's also the thought of, uh, let's not forget, they've not made money. Eight out of the last ten years, they've lost tons of money. Well, he's got a lot of work to do. He's got a lot of work to do, and I want everybody to soak this up. Depending on reports, he says 10, Elon Musk. Business Insider says 14. For every one person that does the coding, there is 14 managers. Yeah. So go to Target, have 10, have, have four people that work, one on the register, one collecting cards, one on the floor, one stocking, and then have 40 managers. Hmm. Is that a good way to have money? Maybe not. No. And I think that's a big problem they have there. Wise man, uh, Steve Zinsmeister said that you had a, a, a firing story. Yeah, so no, I, worked, I have not heard this. I worked at a uh, a very large radio company, and uh, I guess I'll appreciate this. Uh, uh, they're still around. We call them the Death Star. And uh, the day Obama was inaugurated, first inauguration, the night before, an email goes out that everybody needs to report at their desk or their studio, and. Just wait. And everybody did. Just wait. And over the loudspeaker. This is in the morning? Yep. One by one, people's names were being called out, and it would say, collect all of your stuff, and please come to the room. Wait, wait, wait. So they would go on the loudspeaker and say, Becky Lynn, you need to get your stuff and get out. Yeah. Chad Benson, you need to get your stuff and get out. Yeah. Gatos, you get to stay because you're awesome. We gave you a raise. Yeah. They did it over the over loudspeaker. the loudspeaker, so people were waiting for their names, to be, and they did just your name were told to sit there. Did what? your name get called? No, I was bummed. You're like, man, I wish I got canned too. You know what? Because I, I went there to be an independent contractor that brought me in to do a bunch of stuff for them. So I did that. Then they wanted to make me an employee, and I wasn't thrilled by that. Uh, and they were so poorly run. Oh gosh! Uh, because what were the people's reaction. Well, the thing is, this was they were giving out. Uh, Everybody was really nervous, but then they were giving out fat severances. So I saw a guy that only worked there like four months. They, they gave him like nine months severance. He was skipping out of there at 100 miles an hour. Wow. Uh, and some people have been there a long time, though. You know, it was the way it was done. And the other thing is, and this is the thing I thought, besides calling out people's names, they brought special people in to let you go. So your boss, the person you had a relationship was, they weren't the one telling Wasn't you. Wasn't there a movie about that? Uh, up, there uh, was, and it had George Clooney yeah, in it. Yeah, what was that? Yeah. Up in the up Air? The, or? Up in the Air. Up in the Air, something, yeah. something like that? Yeah, I think that's it, Up in the Air. Remember Norm on Cheers when he, they made him the firing guy because yeah, he yeah. cried for everybody? <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. Oh. Oh, and he was good at it. Yeah, he was good. That's why they said, you can just keep doing it. All right, 3,700 people, Twitter fired via email. That's got to feel so rotten. Don't you think you get the email, you're like, well, they need, this isn't real. Here's, here's how you knew you got fired. <laughs> you go to log on and you can't well, log on. How do you on. get the email then? Uh, well, then, then you know. That's oh, this what, is a mess. Yeah. So, all right. Becky Lynn's got the 5 o'clock KTAR News Expansion next.